Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about what to do when there are destructive behaviors in your teen's life. Let's listen in. Mark, we're going to talk about destructive behavior today. Now, what do you mean by destructive behavior? You know, so many of our kids are exposed to more and more behaviors that aren't necessarily inappropriate, but they are very extreme in nature. Destructive to themselves? Absolutely. You know, and I think what we find is that as kids become more desperate to connect with one another, they go to greater lengths to do that. Now, now here's the example. I mean, for some reason, tattoos have come back among kids. Mm -hmm. Piercings have come back among kids. And so, I mean, I think it's just things that they're doing to connect in ways because they're not really connecting with others. Now, that's not always the destructive behavior. I'm, I'm not going to pass judgment on those things. But, but I think because of kids watching things on YouTube, they see what other kids are doing. The extreme behavior of certain movies that are out show kids doing things, show people doing things where they're getting hurt, and, and it's almost like looking for the next adrenaline yeah. rush. They're taking really unrealistic risks, aren't Absolutely. They? Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, you, you see more kids skydiving, and you see more kids doing bungee jumping. and This goes and beyond that. It goes, yeah, and they do more and more things, and parents just need to be aware of them. Usually, we are made aware of certain situations when we see the damage that it does to either our child or some other kid around us. Mark, let's talk about some of those other destructive behaviors. Is cutting one of those? Cutting is one of those. You know, I, I write about this in one of the booklets in the Signature Series, and I just call it the phenomenon of cutting. It's amazing. I think there's about 10 reasons why kids cut. It's a, it's a, it's a part of self-harm where a child is doing damage to themselves for some reason. I think kids do that because they're mad at themselves and they're taking out their anger on themselves. The other one is that they want to show off to other people. They're trying to come alive and come awake. I mean, it, and you hear about this all the time. This kids, sounds unbelievable. Well, it is. Kids scratching on themselves or are actually cutting and, and because they're angry, they get mad. So, you know, and, and the thing that I can compare it to is like a young man uh, going to a window and putting his fist through the window. I mean, you mm. hear of that. That's what these kids are doing in one sense. It's a release of energy. It may wake them up at some point, but it may be that they're just showing off and it's a, and it's a negative coping skill. Well, kids have heard about this more and more because of the internet. I mean, because, it, because information is spread continually. When you and I grew up, information in this world turned over every 10 years. Yeah. Now it's turning over every nine months. Mm. And so it's just the bombardment of information. So as kids search the internet, look for bizarre behaviors, and they start reading about some of these things, the seeds of some of this go into them and they go, I can try that. And it's, it's out of curiosity mainly that it begins to happen. But when you connect 
the curiosity of a normal teenager with the longing to connect with other people. They will try whatever they can to find a bridge of communication, a way to identify with somebody else because of that inherent nature that we all have. God created us to be relational, uh, you know, and kids will move in those relationships and want to connect regardless of the means. We just see more and more of the extreme behavior. Cutting happens to be one of them. You're the founder of Heartlight Ministries, a residential counseling program for teens. Do you see teens come to the program who oh, have absolutely. cut themselves? Absolutely. And how do you break that that cycle? Well, you know, I mean, I, I think it's, for many times, it's a, a negative coping uh, mechanism for so many kids. Within Christian circles, we say you can't drink uh, you can't chew and you don't go with boys that do. You know, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, we've lined those things out. So kids in the pressurous culture that they live in need a release in some way. So they find other ways. They find other ways. Mm-hmm. This just happens to be one of those other ways. And and it's we read about it in Scripture. I mean, there was a, a, a madman that ran through the graveyard in Scripture that used to cut himself with stones. I never it thought about that It used to be now. an indicator it used to be an indicator of of mental illness. And some people who have mental illness do cut. They do participate in self-harm. But usually it is, you know, right now we begin to see uh, most of it is not a suicide attempt or a sign of mental illness. It's either coping or a desire to identify with somebody else. Other destructive behaviors, of course, drinking is hugely destructive to our kids. It is. You know what? And, and I, I say this. Within so many Christian circles, there's more of an allowance of drinking now than there used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we see people drinking more wine than they used to drink years ago. We see the allowance of that beginning to happen. My concern for that is the impact that it has on kids, that it becomes a license for them to do it more and more. I mean, I watch beer commercials and laugh. I mean, because they're funny, but I'm sitting there thinking, how is a child looking at this being raised? I was not raised with commercials like that, you know? And, and so there's a part of it where I go, kids are perceiving it to be more and more permissible. And, and, and it just poses a problem for us. 95% of kids will drink by the time they get out of high school. So moms, dads, be prepared to have that discussion or start having those discussions now with your child about drinking. Do you think parents are viewing it these days as maybe a little less destructive than some of these other things? You know, I think so. I think the Mothers Against Drunk Driving have done a great job of making people aware of, uh, you know, of driving under the influence of alcohol as they have also provided an opportunity to strengthen laws to keep that from happening. But that space between a child that is not drinking and the one that is in an accident who is drunk, there is a lot of alcohol consumption between those two. It's tolerated. It, it is, and it's made to look pretty. And and I'm just going, parents, you're going to have to engage that discussion with your child to help them walk through that. Do you include sexual promiscuity as a destructive behavior? I, I consider it a destructive behavior because I think it leads to so much failure of relationships. In the attempt of girls to want to connect with somebody else, the guys begin to think that they're influenced by porn so much that this is the expectation level of girls, that they move into an empty sexual relationship that does a couple of things. I think it harms them greatly, but it also 
It detracts from what God has intended the sexual relationship to be. I mean, we live in a seductive society for kids. I mean, they are surrounded uh, by that seduction. I never grew up with a Victoria's Secret at the local mall, you know, Victoria's Secret, where there is no secret. And, <laughs> and I'm going, these kids are being raised in that. And with the exposure to so many other things, all those different types of media, they have learned that this is okay. Kids will tell me today that they don't think that having intercourse is that big of a deal. Most kids today, you know, 90% of kids today don't think that oral sex is really sex. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, you know, this culture is is taking our kids and saying, okay, here's permission to do that. And what kids are finding out that outside of what God desires in a relationship, a sexual relationship between a man and a woman, they're coming up empty. It's, it's not only not meeting their needs and not working, but it is damaging something that God has created them for in the future. I think it's really important that we label these for what they are, destructive behaviors. Very destructive. These, these will tear our kids down. They will. I mean, they'll destroy these kids. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not that it's just going to hurt them a little bit or be temporary. This is destructive. It can cause major problems. The use of drugs is another destructive behavior. Always, you know, and 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 I and the number one use of drugs of kids now is what they find in mom and dad's medicine cabinet. How about that? You know, it's prescription drugs. And 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 so moms and dads, please, please, please go through any medication that you have, lock it up or get rid of it. It makes you wonder, how do they know what a certain drug is going to do or, or not do when they take it? Yeah, I think they get on the internet and they find out about it. Kids talk all the time. I mean, we live in a drug-infested culture. And somebody goes, well, no, that's not at our Christian school. And I go, Guess what? don't hold your breath. Mm-hmm. It is everywhere. I can go anywhere and find drugs quickly. So when our kids, when we discover that they're involved in any one of a number of destructive behaviors, I mean, we've got to step in right away. You have to intervene. Their extreme behaviors are acted out because they have a, this longing to fit in. They have a longing to connect. But in the pursuit of something good, to connect and have relationship with people, these destructive behaviors are causing damage. And this damage sometimes is not repairable. Every parent thinks they're ready. You made it through the first 12 years after all. But then your child becomes a teenager, and all of a sudden, it's like the parenting rules changed and nobody told you what they are. Your kids completely change their interests, hobbies, appearance, vocabulary, and even their priorities and values. Some parents try to power through, continuing to parent their 16-year-old the same way they parented their 12-year-old. That plan is doomed to failure. Your child is too valuable to fail them now. That's why Mark Gregson wrote Tough Guys and Drama Queens, to help parents understand the changing world of today's teens and how parents can meet the unique challenges facing their children this day and age. Tough Guys and Drama Queens is both a hard-hitting look at what makes modern teens different from any generation that's come before, and practical advice to help parents overcome today's hurdles and retain a relationship with their teens that will last into their adult years. With spiritual truth, practical insights, and proven techniques, Tough Guys and Drama Queens is a book that belongs in every parent's library. Get your copy at parentingteenresources.org. If you don't have a relationship with your child, 
then you will not be there to speak truth when out of curiosity they experiment Mm -hmm. or out of bad choices they find themselves in a tough spot. So we as parents have got to say, how can we spend time developing and cultivating that relationship with our child? And if you're sitting at home saying, my child hates me, then you need to do something to get on the other side of that because you need to speak truth to your child in the midst of their difficulty. You've been through this so many times, Mark. Have you ever given up hope on any team? You know, there are times that I have felt hopeless, that I just thought I'm not going to be the one that it happens to. But I also believe in, in persistence. It doesn't mean that I can quit. It doesn't mean that I can stop being engaged in the life of a child. It means I have to keep going. And when I keep going, what I find is God honors his promises to bring to completion that which he has started. Mm -hmm. And I believe when those kids come to us, when we're engaged with anybody anywhere doing anything, that something begins and God will bring it to completion. And so... I've lost hope in what I'm doing. I haven't (laughs) lost hope in what he is doing. And I'm convinced that he is involved. But, you know... He needs us to be involved in the life of our kids as well so so we can be the instrument of his peace and of his wisdom and of his guidance and direction to kids. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.